Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. How's it going? Good, man. I'm awake now. I wasn't really. We were, we were testing the sound and like, why isn't the why isn't the intro playing? I wonder what it could be. And then, oh, maybe it's this. Boom! And then maybe turned off my the computer mute. was muted. <laughs> it was like full blast. Yeah, exactly. How are you Some, doing? Doing all right. Somebody asked me the other day, when are you guys going to get a new intro? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I kind of like our intro. People always hating on our intro. They're like, oh, I like the old one better. Really? I don't know. Didn't you say that? Maybe. I think some people are like, it's too manly and your audience is women. And I'm like, is it? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what our audience is. <laughs> I mean, if it's just both our moms, then. Good. We we know our flock and the flock <laughs> they, knows They us. know our voice. They know our voice. <laughs> um, and they think it's too manly. That's right. It's series time. You ready? New series. Okay. Two-part series, mm. which will, I always aim low. <laughs> In hopes that <laughs> it's right. no no way it maxes out <laughs> at four or five. So, um, yeah. two part series. Uh, I want to do on the Holy Spirit. Okay, you like it? Yeah, I do. Great. Let's jump into it. So, part of this was because coming up here in less than a month, we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. Mm. Um. So, for those who don't know, Pentecost, right? <clears throat> the People call it the birthday of the church, you know, the descent of the Holy Spirit yeah. upon the apostles at Pentecost. It filled the upper room. They were hiding there in fear and worry and doubt, and Holy Spirit came upon them and sent them out to be their witnesses and all of that. And so it just got me thinking, especially with last time with the question about confirmation, of being like, when should it be? Mm. Remember... Do you remember this? No, I, I have a terrible memory for when things happened. Somebody asked last time um, in our question edition, when should confirmation be? Mm. Older or younger? I do remember that, yeah. yeah. Okay, so okay. Um, it just got me thinking about how undervalued the Holy Spirit is and questions. And I think that's because people have questions about the Holy Spirit and don't really understand it fully. Because it's easy to conjure up the idea of God the Father, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you have an absent father, you sure. have an idea of what a father is. Yeah, and what a father should be. Right. And the son. People are like, I've seen images of Jesus on the cross. I've seen images of him yeah, walking he's around. brother. Yeah. Holy Spirit. And it's like, what do you think of? Some people think of some of the worst art I think that has ever existed in the church is of the Holy Spirit. Really? Don't you think so? I always all just these see kind the Holy Spirit kind of depicted as a dove. And right, I'm like, but it's like, I'm like yeah, all right. Yeah, kind of. It's but biblical, like, man. Get into it. Yeah, but <laughs> some of those doves are like, they look sickly. Really? They look like they need Sickly to be doves. Yeah, they need to. Look, they look like they need to be put down. <laughs> this <laughs> so, is terrible. I can't believe I'm going to tell this, but do you know that like one time the Pope released doves from the balcony, um, Francis? Yeah, Pope Francis for, for no. peace, and it, it was like a you were in Rome. a symbol of peace. No, I heard about it. It was after I was back, I think. So maybe it was like just two years ago. Okay, and like a hawk just came and just got him. <laughs> no. <laughs> ah! <laughs> so bad i'm sorry to all this is all not true listeners i'm pretty sure it's true it might be apocryphal i might have just dreamed it but 
I've got some some dim memory of this. Uh. Right, but <laughs> and have most people even seen a dove in person? I feel like I feel like doves are pretty common. Where? I don't know. Europe. <laughs> I've, I've I've seen doves. Have I think you ever we seen one in Texas? In Bermuda. Uh, I don't know. Not to say all our listeners are from Texas, but I yeah. know I grew up with like when I think dove, all I can think of is like pigeon. <laughs> because that's what I yeah. grew up around okay. in, you know, normally where there are pigeons, there are also doves. Are there? I don't know. We had doves in Bermuda, I think. What's the name for a bird watcher? Isn't it like a special name? Uh, you know, like a map yes. maker is a cartographer. It's something like AV, 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 not aviator. That's a, that's someone who it's flies. It's a, uh, av, uh, <laughs> we only had a device to look I, this I know up. that someone who studies birds is an ornithologist. Um, but, and an aviary is a place where you keep birds. But it's a, an avid, <laughs> avid av. I don't know. An ornithologist? No, that's somebody who studies birds. Um, but like a bird watcher. This said, what is another word for bird watcher? And that's what it what Yeah, it people it. don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> okay, well, if our, <laughs> if our listeners know, write us in. So let's get back to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes. You know, but it actually talks about in the catechism. Let's jump into the catechism. It talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit is not just depicted as a dove. Mm, fire, water, fire, water, wind, cloud, <laughs> earth. wind, no, not <laughs> earth, wind, earth. What was that? What was that show? The Power Rangers, right? No, it was not Power Rangers. It was uh, Captain, Captain Planet. Planet. <laughs> you got it first. Um, so Power Rangers. That was. Terrible. I think we're just offending people left and right with our. The catechism talks about. Depicted as yeah, the Holy the, Spirit. Yeah, the Digitus Dei. Um, sure. Altissimi. Uh, Altissime? Altissime. Yeah, it's got to be Altissime. Um, the the finger or the, the digit of God Most High. Right. That's from the uh, Veni Creator Spiritus. Mm, I love it. So let's jump in. I have a few thoughts I want to talk about and just common misconceptions and just mm. theological thoughts and all of that. So going back to the whole idea, we know the father, we know the son, we can't imagine sometimes the Holy spirit. We only think as a dove also, um, question we get a lot. So is the Holy spirit male or female? Go ahead. Mm. I would call the Holy spirit. He, um, but the Holy spirit is spirit. And so I think it's not gendered in the same way that the Father and the Son right. are. Also, we know that, you know, God creates genders in creation, but himself, although we say himself, uh, is not created. Right. He's uncreated, he's person, um, and he's also pure spirit. So Isn't that a slippery slope though? <laughs> for people. Not if you well that one you just like have to argue. understand it, right? Yeah. Um, like it, it makes nothing else makes sense if you, if you understand kind of the principles at stake. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's even take a step back for our listeners realizing this. So we have the Trinity, right? Mm -hmm. We don't see the word Trinity anywhere in scripture, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. You're the Bible guy. You would know that. So, um, so when we're looking at the Trinity, where did this idea of the Trinity even come from then if Mm. we don't see it anywhere in sacred scripture? Because that's one of our two like pillars of our faith, right? Sacred scripture, sacred tradition. Right. Um, so we don't see the Trinity anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. But we hear of the Father and, you know, God and Yahweh and all that. We hear of the Son, the Messiah coming down. We don't hear of the Holy Spirit until Pentecost, you know. Um, right? Well, Ezekiel, the dry bones, all that stuff. Yes, I, I got it. Jesus talks yeah, yeah. about and the, the Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so where does the importance of, like, where does the significance and background of the Trinity come in from yeah. our faith? Well, it's it's a super important question because it tells us right away how we're supposed to read the scriptures and what they're for. Like we have to reason through them and be able to make a synthesis. If this is all God's word, mm-hmm. it can't contradict itself and all the stuff. So, so it becomes about interpretation of it. And in the early church, the interpretation, Jesus says so many things about his father constantly through the gospels. And he also like, in the Gospel of John, well, I don't know. There's, uh, sorry, I keep backing up and backing up on this. Um, mm-hmm. If you read the Synoptic Gospels with Jewish eyes, and Brant Petrie is really good at, at drawing this out. Um, Your boy. My boy, Brant Petrie. <laughs> never met him. Would love to someday. Um, a Bible guy. So he uh, he's really good at drawing out how... Um, if you read the Gospels with Jewish eyes steeped in the scriptures, there are all sorts of indications that Jesus is divine. Um, it's And he, he really takes sort of, he takes up this common argument um, that uh, John's Gospel presents Jesus as divine, but the other ones present him more as human. And he's like, Nope, there are all sorts of signs. You just have to be steeped in the Old Testament to see them um, in the Synoptic Gospels too. Okay, so that's that's one thing. Uh, so Jesus is divine, but he talks about his Father, and isn't there only one God? And so early Christian thought is trying to, to figure out what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Is for one God, does it mean also one person, and that one person just takes on the appearance of man, in mm. Jesus Christ, but it does seem like Jesus is referring to a separate person right. when he talks about the Father, but they're one God. And so so early Christianity, a lot of the councils, early heresies uh, mm-hmm. going astray, um, like it, it's all sort of focused on this, but very quickly uh, people are like, well, what about the spirit of God? The spirit of Jesus is sometimes what's referred to mm-hmm. this advocate that Jesus says he'll send. Like that sounds like another person too. Right. Also sounds like God. And so, so it's, it's in the, the early church that this theology of the Trinity is worked out and is quickly realized like, this is the only way that you can hold all the things together mm-hmm. without denying some part of scripture. Right. The word Trinity may not be in there. There may, Jesus may never have said that, you know, or at least we don't have it recorded in scripture, um, that there is one God and there are three persons. They share one nature, <laughs> and but they are three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three distinct people. Yeah. Um, like, that's not recorded in scripture. Right. But the early church figured out pretty early on that that's the that that doctrine of the Trinity is the only way to hold all of the scriptural revelation together. Mm. Everything that they had received from Christ only fits together with that understanding. And so that name Trinity is sort of theological shorthand for all of that reasoning. Right. Um, And then when we dive into the Trinity, it's often expressed that what, like 
God was always in existence. He created his, uh, you know, he sent his son, you know, the incarnation. And then the Holy Spirit is described as what? You know, like what role within the, the Trinity? The sanctifier, the one, the advocate that God sends uh, to be with us, to make his presence known to us and to dwell in us as, as in a temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the ascension of Jesus bodily into heaven, um, he says, I will send you a paraclete, someone who will be with you mm. and who will lead you into all truth and who will sanctify you and guide you and protect you. And that yeah. is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking that people don't know how to make the sign of the cross or say the name of the Holy Spirit. My just my general experience is I did not hear for myself speaking about the power of and living in the spirit until I went on net. Mm-hmm. I was 20 years old. Up until that point, no real teaching, theological understanding besides, yeah, I know, Trinity, three different people, one God. You know, like, I know all that teaching. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I felt like I had put the Holy Spirit, <laughs> put this stuff in the closet. Mm-hmm. It was just like... <clears throat> Like, left it in there with the hawk. Mm. Just, you know, just... <laughs> I'm just kidding with the hawk. But, like, shut it and and didn't utilize, like, the mm-hmm. power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say something that most people don't like to hear. I think that's what's plaguing our Catholic Church. I think most people, even faithful, faithful Catholics, do not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what... The, the Spirit, I feel, is the difference that sets people on mission enables them to be witnesses is that they have the ability um to to just (laughs) be a person you want to be around in the faith Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah general hot take oh no i i think that there's there's a lot there uh yeah i think i do um (laughs) (laughs) you're like maybe i don't know you know like no i mean we can point to a lot of things you know that that we feel like are are missing and are, are holding the church back from becoming what it should be. And, right. and uh, there's a lot of ways to phrase that, like just the the remnant of original sin is always going to, to mean that the church has this kind of mixed character to it where it's like a sinner on the path to sanctification as right. the corporate body of the church. Um, and, and to lead but, into... But like the oh, other yeah. half of that is exactly what you're saying. Like... Like, why is the church not more clearly on a path to sanctification in her members? Lack of relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a very fair thing to say. Right. I mean, we hear in the catechism, just for those um, who <clears throat> like to look it up as we talk about, so in paragraph 688, um, we're talking about the profession of faith. It talks about that heading. I believe in the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, right? And it says here that the Holy Spirit... All these things is it has inspired and is living in and with the church. It talks about in the scriptures, inspired, in the tradition to which the church fathers have always timely witness, in church magisterium, which he assists. Once again, they use the word he in just, you know, tossing yeah. that out. In sacramental litur- liturgy, through its word and symbols in which the Holy Spirit puts into communion with Christ, in prayer, 
where he intercedes for us in the charisms and ministries by which the church is built up in the sign of the apostolic and missionary life and in the witnesses of saints through whom he manifests his holiness and continues to work of salvation. I mean, that's an impressive list. And I feel yeah. like we just negate the power of the Holy Spirit. We hold the Holy Spirit hostage. Mm. With we our clip, low expectations. We clip its wings. <laughs> nice. I love it. Keep going back to the bird. <laughs> we got aviation. We got to keep feeding, <laughs> feeding the bird. I mean, when you read that, I mean, isn't it through the epiclesis, the whole, the calling of the Holy Spirit that we transform mere bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. But yet most people, I, I, I'm riled up. I don't know if you Get can it. tell. Go. Uh, you know, like it's, it's because I'm tired of sitting in a church that is uninspired. I'm tired of sitting in a church that does not have an eye towards missionary life, that is not witnessing, that is not interceding. And these are the people who I would say are the faithful of the faithful, mm -hmm. who would never speak or utter the name of Jesus outside of a church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it saddens me, and it breaks my heart. And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I feel like when you truly encounter the Holy Spirit, there's just something that changes in your life. And you can't go back. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying this. This is great. <laughs> I'm totally into it. No, I good. I, I, and uh, maybe I'm being heretical. Maybe I'm putting too much no, of an heretical. emphasis on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No. Um. So you said that you you had this encounter with the Holy Spirit when you were on net. Mm -hmm. What is net? Oh and, yeah, yeah. And can you describe what that was like? Um, For sure. Um. So. NET stands for National Evangelization Team. So 18 to 30 years old, um, they take, <clears throat> excuse me, let me back up. So for my story is um, I'd gone to college, started with music, all of that stuff, and then just felt like the Lord was calling me to pursue um, other things and went home. And I wanted, I told my parents, like, I want to be a missionary. And I looked into all these things like Peace Corps and AmeriCorps and all these organizations, the, the, the biggest thing that I found um, difficult during that time was the fact that um, nobody would take a younger kid out of high school. Mm, mm -hmm. You had to be like 21. Right, right. For consent. And so um, NET takes 18 to 30-year-olds. At the time, it was 30. Now, it's, I think it's 29 years old. Um, but... Um, and what they do is they go around each and every day in groups and teams. So I was on team six that year. There was eight teams. So eight teams of 10 to 12 people travel around in a 12-passenger van. You get one suitcase, one backpack. You go to St. Paul, Minnesota, and you train there for about a month together as a team. And then you're sent out. And we had different routes and paths, and we were traveling throughout the country. You pull a trailer that your suitcase and retreat materials go in, and you put on a retreat at a different parish almost every day um, for that year between September and intense. Intense. And you talk about... It really is like that MTV show, The Real World. You know you know yeah. what I'm talking no, about? No, I don't know. Are you kidding me? Nope. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I bet some of my listeners Sometimes know. I'm kind of <laughs> joking, not joking on the pop culture stuff. I really have no idea what this is. See, I felt like this was like before your, before your conversion, you would know it what i It probably was. About. Did you get MTV? Uh, I don't know. Bermuda Cable was weird. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. they pirated it from... Right. 
from you know the stuff going across the Atlantic and then sold it to us and they had this monopoly and they're being sued and everything. It's very, nice, awesome. Maybe I'm revealing confidential like international <laughs> finance <laughs> info. Oh. oh my gosh! So anyway, um, September through May, um, like my my team, we went through Kentucky and Cincinnati. We went to. Um, New Jersey, Boston, uh, where else? We went to, I think, North Carolina. We went to Minnesota, Wisconsin, and North Dakota, South Dakota. Did retreats in all these places. And the sad part about it is that most parishes we did a retreat at just had no youth ministry program. Mm. And this was their only time, like, all year. Their kids were, like, so excited and and. S- just so pumped to have some type of ministry. And these were churches. I mean, this was in 2005. So I know it's been a while since then. And I don't know about this thought I'm going to toss out to you as, as a priest hearing this. I mean, I didn't know that there was parishes in the United States that existed that like a priest isn't stationed at all the time. Mm, I mean, like in, in Wisconsin, um, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, especially. Especially rural. rural the hardest word to say. Yeah. Rural, rural areas. Yes. Yeah. Like there was one priest for like five or six parishes and not every parish even got a mass each Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like that is mind boggling. Yeah. That's why we pray for vocations, right? It's worse in Europe. You'll have in France, a lot of places, there's all these old churches you have like one priest for 10 parishes or, or it'll be technically one parish, but with 10 church buildings. And you it's know. Cr- like, I had never heard of such a thing because growing up in New Jersey is like, yeah, this was our parish and this was this one. And it, everyone had one or two priests at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And even here we're spoiled. <laughs> like sometimes we're like, St. Anne's so big. We only have three priests. I'm like, I mean, it was just, it was very interesting to yeah. see that. And so traveled around, did these retreats, in the training of the month before all the retreats, and I'll, I'll sum it up and just make it um, kind of quick, but they read the passage from Acts about, um, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, and you'll go out through Judea and Samaria and throughout all the um, earth to the ends of the ages, obviously paraphrasing, but... Um, <laughs> no, that was exactly, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and so... It's from Acts 1. Yeah, it's Acts 1. It's when Jesus eight. is... Yeah, he's he's he hasn't yet ascended. He's about to. Right. And, and we had Eucharistic adoration, and it's the first time. It wasn't the first time I had been to adoration, but I felt like it was the first time I encountered Jesus Christ, like the living mm-hmm. God. And they encouraged us. They said, <laughs> they said, it's a dangerous prayer, but a beautiful prayer. I invite everybody to say these three words, come Holy Spirit. Mm. And... It's the first time I ever spoke those words in my life. And I remember I remember seeing people like fall on their face, like crying and sobbing, like real authentic emotion. It wasn't dramatic. It wasn't like over um overly like yeah. done or you didn't feel up. like they had set you up right. like emotionally no, no, no. manipulated you Not into the state where you right. were, you know kind of on a breaking point anyway because because i think i just want to temper this because i think sometimes people when they hear about emotional response to god's grace um can be quick to dismiss it because mm-hmm. they've seen sort of 
a manipulation kind of thing before. Absolutely. And I think in certain images we have of like, of like Pentecostal revivals and those kind of things, like, like you can see there's, I'm not saying always, but there can be this kind of like charlatan aspect to it where mm-hmm. people play on emotional weaknesses and things like that. And so right. I just want to say like, like that wasn't the setup you weren't. No. Yeah, you, absolutely not. And I mean, and for me, I didn't have, um, like, I didn't cry. I didn't, you know, like, I, I didn't have some huge, like, I didn't laugh with, you know, uncontrollable laughter. Right. Or some of those, you know, um, things we hear in the charismatic movement, which we'll get into at some point. Also, um, Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. They thought the they thought they were drunk. Drunk. In the morning. It's like, what is wrong with you? Exactly. It's five o'clock nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Good one. Right. And so... I just, I, I, I remember gazing upon the monstrance and the realization of what God was calling me and felt this conviction stirred in me like I've never felt in my life. And I knew that was the Holy Spirit convicting me. Other times I felt like the Holy Spirit had prompted me in my life, right? Like had like kind of that nudge, but this was like, I I couldn't ignore it where I felt Mm -hmm. like. I would have been sick to my stomach being like, I am called to go out and to be the light of Christ and to share his gospel message. And, um, no matter what the cost and, um, yeah. And a few weeks later we go out as a team. I, every person has a different role on the team. And so I was, uh, I was the music person and I was also, um, assistant trailer packer. So every day you have to pack the trailer Very good. and things like that. Okay. So, but amazing year. So if any p- people want to, I, I encourage everybody to do net. It's the hardest year of your life, but one of the most fruitful. That all being said is, um, that's the first time I ever spoke those words come Holy spirit and it changed me forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, then I obviously went to a school that is known for being a little bit more charismatic, Franciscan University. And um, it's just something I've carried with me. And I think also now see having that experience at Franciscan, having the experience with NET, and being in a parish for so long, when I don't see it in parish mm-hmm. life is like, yeah, I saw a group of 100 people transformed by the power mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Like, why would we not want this for our church? But I think you hit on it. Like, there's some scary parts of it. Mm-hmm. What you allow the Lord in to your life to say, I give you permission. And also second is, I do think a lot of people toss the baby out with the bathwater because mm-hmm. they're like, well, that's just emotional manipulation. Da, 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 da. Right. I don't know. What's your experience been? Yeah. No, good question. Uh, first, I just want to say, like, like the way you were describing that, it makes me think of that passage in Jeremiah. And despite being the Bible guy, I always forget whether it's like at the very beginning. I think it's later on. It's in like 20 something. But when he talks about like there's this 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 word that is consuming him like a fire. It's like mm. a fire in his bones. And yeah. He cannot contain it. He must speak. Yeah. Like that. that's, that's a very different thing than being like overcome by emotion, right? There's a there's a rational quality to that. There's an emotional quality too. Mm-hmm. But having this this sort of conviction and this fire that that feels like it can't be contained, mm-hmm. um, 
that it has to be spread, that you have to do something, that you have to change. Like that's the experience we see in the lives of the saints. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're, whether they're, they're being moved from conversion from an old way of life to a new way of life, or whether they're being fortified within already a committed life to the Lord and transformed into this, like, like it's like shifting gears. Yep. And, and you also just on that note, see like understanding that, that that happens throughout the lives of the saints, um, starts to make sense of like why the apostles receive the Holy spirit more than once. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Jesus breathes upon them in the upper room and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes down like tongues of fire. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, well, why do you need it twice if you've already got it? Right. Um, and so it seems to be something like qualitative or I I just, I used to ride a motorbike when I was <laughs> younger in Bermuda. don't know if I ever talked about that. But, no, but uh, Yamaha DT. Pictures? Uh, <laughs> I Probably do somewhere. That would be awesome. Yamaha DT is a gear shift. And so like shifting gears, like, you know, you're, you're going as fast as you can. Um, I certainly was, uh, in whatever gear, third gear, and then you drop into another gear and it's, you're completely changing things. Um, you've got a whole new upper limit and that seems to, maybe it's an imperfect analogy. I think it's pretty perfect. I don't know, but, um, (laughs) But, it's pretty amazing <laughs> if I like, do ask myself. <laughs> um, but it seems like that's what happens uh, in the lives of the saints. And that um, another way to, to phrase this sort of like this lament that you have looking over the church is that we're, we're burning out first gear. Um, or we're just riding the clutch so much that we're hardly even getting any, yeah. any, any pull. Um, yeah, my experience. I, I imagine, though, just toss out. I imagine most people, how many do you think have actually like done a standard? Like <laughs> a car. Like a, I, I learned on a truck. That was a standard. Yeah, I, like I think you, in Texas you, you probably get people learning get on a more. tractor or mm, that's on a true, truck. That's true. Good um, point. So but, let's toss out your experience and we'll wrap up this episode <laughs> and then go into the next. Yeah. Okay. So my experience um, in a nutshell, like I've had several sort of landmark moments I can point back to. And I didn't always view them under the aspect of this is an encounter with the Holy Spirit, but I do believe that that's, that's what it was. And that's a legitimate way to describe it. Um, I've talked about sort of the early days of my conversion before and some things that brought me to that. Um, but the first time I, w- I think I, I thought about the Holy Spirit in sort of, personal relationship terms Mm -hmm. was actually when I was reading uh, the true devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort. Mm. Um, Cause that was one of the first books that I read once I had had this big conversion, started taking my face seriously and learning about the faith. That's an intense book to start with. I know, right? Most people are like Scott Hahn, Rome Rome Sweet Home or whatever, and you're like just I prefer Rome Sweet Rome. Rome Sweet Rome. (laughs) And you just just dive in, true devotion. DeMontford is not the easiest also to read. No, he's not. I'm not even really recommending it. I think like 
like Father Michael Gately's book or oh yeah 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 or like thirty three days of morning glory yeah right? yeah yeah or or even Father Donald Donald Calway's yeah, book yeah. about Joseph for this year of Saint Joseph or yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. there's way easier ways to sort of dip your feet into that water but I just for whatever reason just just ate it up like completely all in right uh, no reservations <laughs> um, at all even with that like when do you live 16th century something like that mm. sort of flowery french devotional language um right. anti-jansenist just like anyway um he talks about mary and rightly so as the spouse of the holy spirit mm. because it's through the holy spirit that mary conceived um her son jesus who is the the son of god right. um the second person of the trinity become flesh um and his, one of his arguments was like, draw close to Mary and you will draw closer to the Holy Spirit mm. because she's the house, spouse of the Holy Spirit. Where Mary is, there also is the Holy Spirit. She is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. And by imitating her, you become more available uh, to God to become a temple of the mm. Holy Spirit and to live as one. Right. Um, and so... That that really that really meant a lot to me. It was kind of an indirect way, but it was a good way uh, for me, and I think actually for a lot of people um, to do that kind of consecration to Our Lady and to Saint Joseph. I'm just going to start referring to them together because I think that's where we're at now as a church, and that's yeah. really important. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, listen to our retreat coming up on May 1st on St. Joseph, where I talk about total con- or consecration to St. Joseph. With our very own Father Paul Becker <laughs> on our YouTube channel, St. Anne, starting at 9.15 a.m. If we're going to switch into announcer voice like this, we need to have somebody just do like the disclaimer in the super fast voice. You know, oh, sped like up like little, a thousand like, times. Like, like the little Hot Wheels voice you used to hear. Like, you, you know, on the Hot Wheels things like, Marvel coming you know, do not yeah, use thing. under H6, but, 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 you know, like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have known it from Hot Wheels voice, but yes, okay. that thing. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. you ruined the joke. But okay. It's, um, <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, I mean, I've got a lot more stories I could tell along that line that we'll save for, for maybe episodes two through seven <laughs> of our series. Um, <laughs> but that was, uh, that was one of the first ones is, is reading that book and being so profoundly affected by it. Mm. I mean, that was basically in the same breath as I was reading uh, St. Therese's autobiography. And it was when I was reading that, that I first heard the call to be a priest and to give my life entirely over to God um, in this consecrated way. And so like that stuff, all of it led me, to this, to this desire to, to be on mission. Yeah. Um, there was a fire burning in my bones that I could not contain and I didn't put it there. Right. Um, so, and we'll get into it more. I think the other thing that scares people is (laughs) for me, (laughs) my experience was like through the charismatic movement. Yours was not like, it's not saying the Holy spirit, only works through that movement or not, or you have to be associated or not. And so we'll get into that more, but I think, uh, I think for episode one, yeah, pretty clutch. Yeah. Holy spirit. You like it? Clutch. (laughs) See what you did there. See what I did. See what I did. Shifting gears. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. All right. Joey Scansella, father, Paul Vector. Take care. God bless.